0: There's like these little plants that are popping up after the rain. It was really amazing because the rain just brought the valley to life. I saw scorpions and birds were suddenly everywhere. Bugs and grasshoppers. It was so weird. And all these little plants that were suddenly green everywhere. And I just kind of went, I don't feel good about leading my path through here.
1: Hey, folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Uh, I did something a little goofy on Monday's episode, if you noticed, it didn't come out till pretty late on Monday night, and that's because uh, I usually set it ahead of time to come out the day of, really early in the morning, like at one in the morning, just for our folks around the world, and um, that's just how we do it. And I set it for some reason to come out like at midnight, monday night or like eleven fifty p.m so i go to check the stats on monday evening and i'm like what the heck we got barely any downloads <laughs> and it was because the episode hadn't come out yet so my apologies on that you might have seen it post pretty late in the day on monday um but i don't know how i missed that but anyway that's not that hasn't happened very much thankfully um this show hopefully is coming out thursday morning uh you're you're seeing it first thing in the morning um you might not be listening to it then but that's when it should be coming out and uh, it's with ashley winchester who is uh pretty well known for doing fastest known times you've heard us talk about that and really a fastest known time or an fkt as it's also called is just doing a route you know either a classic route like you know rim to rim on the grand canyon or uh mount rainier um or something you know a little more uh, obscure or not so famous uh, just any sort of adventurous route even as something as big as like the appalachian trail all those have fkts fastest known times and so ashley has like 39 fkts under her belt and uh yeah, she, she's number one woman in the world, having the most FKTs for any woman um, on, on fastestknowntime.com. And uh, yeah, so she's on today to talk to us about one of her recent attempts of crossing Death Valley, 165 miles crossing on foot, uh, off trail through these enormous landscapes, unbelievable places. And if you have, if you've ever been to Death Valley, it's an awesome, awesome place. My wife... attest it's her favorite national park and uh, it's it's just a it's a really unique really bizarre landscape on the uh, on the east side of the sierras in california it's incredible so Ashley did something pretty incredible Um, But she's going to tell us about it. And also, by the way, this is from my other show, Without Compromise. So we do mention um, Athletic Brewing, who the show is through, um, a lot on on this interview. And that's just because I pulled it from that show. But I thought it'd make a great crossover episode. So uh, yeah, if you'd like to check out Athletic Brewing, go to athleticbrewing.com. We make non-alcoholic craft beer. And uh, that's my day job. And they let me do this show on the side. So it works out. Win-win. Anyway, here is the episode. And enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, Ashley, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah, so uh, you know I, I really do always ask this first, where are you coming from and and is that home? And if not, where is home?
0: <laughs> I am currently in Klamath Falls, Oregon. Um, I wouldn't call it home, but I spend a lot of time here. Um, I actually don't really have a home per se I sort of split my time um, between Klamath Falls and Chico California and wherever the road takes me <laughs> I do a lot of traveling
1: do you, do you have like a mobile setup then to make that possible
0: I don't actually it's something that I'm, I'm kind of working on um, trying to figure out what the best up would be for both you know podcasting and freelance writing because I, I'm a freelance writer Um And so I kind of need some sort of setup that works perfectly for all of that so that I can travel more. (laughs)
1: Um, Well, you mentioned, you know, you're adventuring and you, you travel around to adventure a lot and you're really, you know, well known and becoming even more well known for fastest known times. Uh, that is something folks on Without Compromise have have heard quite a bit about. Uh, Athletic does have a partnership with them, but you know the kind of the growth of fastest known times is is almost unavoidable from how everyone was forced out of events last year and onto different sorts of challenges. What? Wh- how did you get into that world? What What was kind of the tra- trajectory that led you there?
0: Yeah, um, I actually started doing Fastest Known Times. um, I think it's been two years ago now this month. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's been two years. And um, what (laughs) the person who got me started on it was Jason Hardrath. And he's the top FK tier. You know, he has 96 FKTs now. And so Jason and I are, you know, we've been dating for quite a while now and, um, he started doing these FKTs and, and for me, you know, I was always kind of aware of FKTs on the periphery, um, but just kind of wrote them off as something that, you know, there's no way I'd be able to do that. I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not elite, you know, there's no way I could do fastest known times, and, um, he convinced me to, to do one. And I chose one that was kind of a 50 K distance and, um, crushed it and just kind of got addicted immediately, started picking out fastest known times around California and then Oregon. And, and now I've kind of started this obsessive pursuit of them <laughs> and I, yeah, now I'm, I, I it's very strange for me to say, because when I first started this, this pursuit of FKTs, it wasn't really part of the plan, but now I'm, I'm the top female. I'm the female with the most historical FKTs. So it's kind of, um, it's been kind of a crazy development, um, uh, you know, setting goals and just kind of running these super amazing routes and beautiful places.
1: What does it feel like to be the wo- the woman with the most FKTs? What does that feel like to you?
0: It's weird, honestly, um, because that, that wasn't really a, a goal of mine until just this last year. And, you know, even then when I started off the year, I kind of was like, oh, there's no way, you know, because there's a, a lot of other ladies who are out there, you know, crushing FKTs. And, um, but I am really lucky in that my lifestyle and my partner are both incredibly supportive of doing these things. And so what happens a lot is, you know, Jason and I will will go weekend warrior and take down FKTs uh, over the weekends, and we we're not opposed to driving, you know, ten hours for a, a two day weekend.
1: That that was something that amazed me about y'all is that it's not it's not even the FKT half. The FKT to me is half of what's impressive. The other half is getting there you guys just it, it's unreal y'all, y'all y'all drive y'all make this 15 hour window now possible like a, you know take where you are and put 15 hours of driving around it and everything within that circle is now possible and yes. to me it's like oh it's 10 hours away there's no way i could do that this weekend y'all just go for it and i'm like dang that's they drove all night to get there then they do the fkt then they come back that <laughs> is that's amazing that's what i find most impressive is the yeah. will to just drive. What do you do? What do you listen to that whole time?
0: Um so we there's a lot of things that happen when we when we take on these drives. We we do listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts. We also, you know, just have discussions together. Um it's a great time to sort of spend time talking with with the person that you're traveling with. And so we talk a lot. We've cracked some harebrained business ideas um (laughs) you know just like um we keep we and you know sometimes it takes the you know i'm gonna apple you drive type of a thing um so i mean there's there's and and we i guess we i i would say that we're also kind of productive like i'll do some writing while we drive or um you know, research other FKTs, research routes, Uh, there's, there's a lot that we do as long as we have internet access.
1: Yeah. I was, I was going to say probably thinking and getting like, like an athlete before a game, you know, getting ready for the FKT itself. So, so you said when you, when you first did it, you know, completed one, got, got the, the record of the fastest known time. And it was like, like an addiction, like you were, you were hooked. How did it start to grow from there? Did did it just become this list that you wanted to complete or were there any sort of classic routes that drew you in? What what was it for you from that point?
0: Well, at that point I just kind of decided to start exploring these FKTs that were sort of nearby. Um I started making a list of FKTs that, you know, were like the the dream FKT, you know, the 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 bucket list FKTs. Um and when you know i had time we i'd travel and and go tick one off the list and you know they started kind of getting bigger and and bigger and um it's just been a a slow sort of natural development
1: how many of them have you attempted and and not gotten the record or not completed
0: Ooh. That's a good question because I haven't actually kept track of the ones that I haven't completed, but I mean, I, I would say that, you know, failure is a a pretty common thing with FKTs because there's plenty of times where you might run the FKT and then not actually get the fastest time, even though you completed the route for me, more often than not, my failures have come from, not completing the route for some reason or another. Um, and I'm trying to think of how many, (laughs) how many I've actually failed on. Yeah. Definitely Um,
1: not trying to draw it to it like a negative point of view, but I I just, we only see those highlights from the FKT athletes. And I'm always curious how many attempts do you, do you miss it? You know, miss either you do the whole thing, but you didn't get the time or, like you said, you, you, you don't complete it for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. I would say I've probably got, there's at least five that I can think of, if not seven different routes that I've, that I've failed on or not completed. Um, and you know, like I, I actually, I don't see failure as an, as a negative thing. I, it's very much a positive thing for me, even though in that moment, it's always really, really hard. Um, but i do feel like you know i i very openly and enjoy talking about my failures because a those are some of the greatest adventures <laughs> and and b that's where i feel like i learn the most about myself and about my abilities and about where i need to kind of search for or apply myself to be better or be stronger
1: is there one in particular you could you could share a story about a failure specifically where, you know, you learn something through it.
0: So the, the biggest one that actually comes to mind is called the death Valley crossing. And, um, I kind of made a big deal about this one on my social media when it was, when I was coming up to it, but I've tried that one twice and I have failed twice at it for different reasons. um, The first time, so just for a little bit of background, this route is about 165 miles. It goes from the northernmost point of Death Valley to the southernmost point of Death Valley. It's completely off trail and 100% unsupported, solo and unsupported. Um, And so being Death Valley, there's no natural places that you can refill your water. So you carry all of your water from the beginning that you need for the entire route which means you're carrying, you know, about 50 or 60 pounds on your back. So it's kind of like backpacking, fast packing style. It's a multi-day adventure. And, um, the first time I tried it, I, my training definitely was not up to par for it, but more than anything, I actually uh, ran low on water about a hundred miles in and decided to pull the plug because I just, I knew that I couldn't go 65 more miles on, on the little bit of water I had left. So that one, that was a a big learning experience for me because that was the first time I had spent um, more than one night completely solo in the wilderness. And I mean, it was, it was pretty magical as far as that goes. I mean, um, just really empowering and kind of like, okay, you know, I, I can, I can do these things. I can be out here by myself and be totally fine for multiple nights. Um, and so that, that was really cool. And, you know, just kind of finding that magic that's, that's in the night when you're walking or or running through the night. Um, and that was a big eye opener for me. The most recent failure on that route was just, um, at the end of December, this last December. So not that long ago. And, um, I took more water with me this time. And it's kind of funny because what ended up ultimately making me pull the plug was it, uh, there was a torrential downpour of rain in death Valley. So, you know, I'm, I'm in this, like one of the driest places on earth. (laughs) Um, and it's supposed to be, you know, one of the hottest places on Earth too, and you know it's like below freezing at night, and dumped rain on me on the last day, and it just, um, it, it, it turned into this crazy like mud fast. Some of my gear was soaked. Um, I was slipping and sliding in mud, and um, just kind of decided with that that attempt that you know I couldn't I couldn't go much further um, carrying that amount of weight and slipping and sliding all over the place. Um, so I ended up pulling the plug on that one as well.
1: What's going through your head out there when you're one, I just, you know, Mm -hmm. carrying a pack that size and just walking into this moonscape of a desert. I can't imagine the feeling, you know, of just saying, I've got to go 165 miles, the thrill, the, 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 the excitement, but also like, oh man, this is, this is, this is, this is wild. Yeah. But when, when things are going really poorly like that out there and how how do you handle it?
0: Well, I knew, so I knew that the forecast was calling for some rain and I kind of expected it to be more like, you know, this is Death Valley. It's going to dump rain on the, on the mountains, um, you know, in the Sierras and then on, um, the mountain range that's on the west side of the valley of Death Valley and that, you know, there would hardly be a, a trickle of rain into into the valley itself. And when I first started, there wasn't actually that much of a chance of rain. So I was pretty optimistic. Um but I I did just in case I threw rain gear into my pack, which, you know, was just adding more weight. But I'm glad that I did because it it rained for hours. It was definitely, you know, when it started raining, it was really frustrating. And at first, I was like, "I'm just going to walk through it. I'm just going to keep going. Um, I'm not going to stop." And then I, I kind of had this realization in that, you know, if all of my gear and clothing and everything gets wet, and then I go into this night where it's, you know, below freezing, I'm probably not going to make it. <laughs> um, and so I made the decision to hunker down. Um, sort of next to this big plant um, in this area called the Devil's Cornfield. And I hunkered down next to this plant and put this, you know, rain poncho, this little lightweight rain poncho, emergency rain poncho, over the top of me and my gear and kind of sat in a ball until most of the rain stopped. And when I was sitting there, I kind of fluctuated between you know being really motivated and going yeah okay when this rain stops I'm going like this is happening I'm still going to go I have time I'm still on pace um and but also then being really frustrated and a little bit scared because I know you know having been through that section before I knew sort of what I was coming up to and I was really worried about the mud situation and so you know I I definitely had moments where I was crying i had moments where i was just you know angry um there's a lot of indecision there because i just kind of you know of course those thoughts of like oh i should just give up now um go through your head but i i wanted to at least try and so when it stopped raining or when it lightened up enough and i could kind of see the end of the storm i like immediately got up i packed up and i started walking again and very quickly realized what that rain did to this the soil (laughs) there and um it was it was like you said it was like cement um it was both slippery but also would stick to the bottom of my shoes in such a way that it was like building up these like platforms of of mud and but I couldn't get it off either I was trying to scrape it off with my trekking poles I was like trying to kick it off I couldn't get it off of my shoes so it felt like, you know, each foot weighed an extra eight pounds. And then, um, one of the other things that really kind of got to me that, that made me feel sort of really bad was, you know, I'm off trail in this very arid desert. And as with that rain in the mud, my footprints were very deep and obvious through there. And that bugged me actually quite a bit because I know that in in a place like Death Valley those footprints are going to be there for for decades Um, so that was like that definitely played into my thought processes as well as because I'm you know I'm walking through there's like these little plants that are popping up after the rain it was really amazing because the rain just brought the valley to life I saw scorpions and birds were suddenly everywhere bugs and grasshoppers it was so weird and all these little plants that were suddenly green everywhere, and I just kind of went, "I am, I'm, I don't feel good about leaving these, you know, a, a, my path through here." So that that definitely played into the decision making process as well.
1: What an adventure! Jeez. Yeah. It no, was... that's. I mean, the way you paint the picture i mean if anyone who anyone who's never been to death valley it's beyond words you really have to experience it you don't feel like you're on the same planet that, that you live on yeah gosh what a trippy place that's uh that is crazy to cross it like that on foot but you know so kudos to you for the second time do you think there's a, a, a another time a third time in your uh in your future yeah <laughs>
0: I've thought about that a lot. When I first made the decision to stop, I actually, um, you know, I was I was in day three, and I was in a lot of pain because you know I'm traveling on average thirty miles, thirty three miles a day. The first day I traveled forty miles, and you know my pack starting weight was probably about sixty pounds um, with the extra gear that I threw in there because of the weather. And, um, you know, lots of food and lots, lots of water. And um, I, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of pain. Yeah, when I was kind of in that pain and in that mud, I was like, never again, I'm never doing this again. This route is really, it's, this is silly. Why would I do this? Um and i you know i'm i'm i started thinking well maybe i could do it in a self-supported manner where i could leave water drops and you know water and food in certain areas so that i could pick it up when i walked by or you know i started thinking about that and then as i was walking out to where i was going to get picked up i i was like i i knew that i would probably go for it again <laughs> and then after talking to some some other you know fk tiers and ultra athletes and mountain athletes everybody's kind of like yeah you know sometimes the 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 ones that mean the most to you are the ones that get away from you a few times before you nab them and so i think that there's a good chance that i will go back i don't know exactly when maybe you know maybe this coming winter I, i'm not sure but yeah i i do think This route because of the style takes a very specific and specialized and dedicated training for it because walking that much, walking that, those, that many miles with that amount of weight on your back is really tough on your body. And so, you know, there's, I I think that I would get more dedicated with my training, but with the training that needs to happen for that, I also think that it would, um, it's definitely impacts my running ability and my speed because it, there's a lot more strength training and a lot more just slow hiking miles as far as training for, for that kind of a route. And so it kind of depends on if I make the decision to change my, my training and, and focus on that and sort of, you know, take a step back from running, Fast, I guess you could say.
1: Mm. So now you, 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 right now you have thirty nine FKTs, yeah. and just some unbelievable routes in there, unbelievable experiences. I'm sure. <laughs> Has there been one that's really <laughs> stuck out to you as maybe one of the most memorable, or one that 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 comes to mind the quickest as a great experience?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there always there's you know tons of, of routes that I absolutely love and would love to go back and do again. Um, one of the more recent ones that I, that I did, um, was, is called Telescope Peak from Shorty's Well, and that's also in Death Valley. Um, and it goes from pretty much Badwater Basin at like negative 260 feet low sea level, and goes all the way up to the summit of Telescope Peak, which is the um, tallest mountain that's in the the range right there. And um, it's about 31, 32 miles round trip. There's a bunch of off-trail navigation, bushwhacking, and then... Uh, like it's, it's one of the largest continuous climbs that you can do in the United States. So it's about 11,600 feet of continuous climbing. Um, so that one was actually pretty special to me because I went for it last year and failed at it because of the snow conditions that were up on telescope peak. And, um, I had to turn around at the, the trail that goes to the summit on the, on the ridge. Um, Cause you kind of pop up from this off trail section up onto a trail that's on the ridge line and you go up to the summit. So I actually had to turn around there and head back down. And so I went back, I think it was over this last Thanksgiving and got the FKT on that one. And, and that it, it really meant a lot to me because of that failure before, but also because, you know, I really love Death Valley and the route is just so beautiful. Like you start off you know, in the Badwater Basin and you climb up through this canyon and then you, you go off, you know, out of the canyon, you climb up out of the canyon and you're, you go through, I think it's like four different ecosystems on the way up because you're traveling through, you you know, you, you end up in the Alpine. And so it's, (laughs) it's just a really cool route. It's beautiful. Death Valley is a kind of a special place to me. And so, you know, going back and getting that one was, was really special.
1: Place of, of joy and pain. Death yeah. Valley.
0: Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. It's
1: a, it's a special place.
0: It really is. It's, it's an amazing place. And, you know, so many people, they just drive through because there's a highway that goes through the valley. They just drive through and stop at Badwater Basin and go, oh, okay. Below sea level, it's a salt pan. Awesome. And they leave, but Death Valley, there's so much more to it and there's, there's actually so much life there. Um, the plants and the animals are, are pretty amazing and, um, so much to explore.
1: Well, I'd love to move into rapid fire. If you don't mind, I know death Valley, you're, you're, you're crossing kind of consume the, the the episode, but I think it's a really cool story <laughs> to tell. And I, and I just think it's, it's definitely unique for the show. So if that's cool, we can, we can move on to rapid fire.
0: Yeah, that's fine with me.
1: Sweet. Um, so, you know, you're known for FKTs and you're always, you know, getting more and uh done almost 40 now, which is just crazy. All those experiences, they're just awesome. But what would you say you're most curious right now about outside of FKTs?
0: Ooh, most curious outside of FKTs. Um, well, I shoot you kind of got me there. I'm terrible at rapid fire questions good. by the way. Yeah, that's what um, I want. <laughs> like, thinking on the spot. I'm really bad. I, well, being a writer, I um am actually really into reading other people's memoirs right now <laughs> and finding finding um a lot of uh, inspiration from those.
1: What is your proudest achievement outside of FKTs?
0: Oh man, you are so good. Um my proudest achievement was probably actually taking a step away from, uh, my full-time job and jumping into freelance writing full-time.
1: Pretty exciting endeavor.
0: Yeah. It was really crazy. It was, uh, a really difficult decision to make, but also very exciting.
1: I, I can imagine it's, it's, you, you take the step, take the leap and, and it's, uh, it's a thrill. It's a thrill, scary, yeah. exciting, just like FKT, I'm sure.
0: Well, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I, you know, I had this full-time job for, you know, I was in veterinary medicine for like 13 years and it's pretty much all I knew as far as work went, you know? And, um, so I, I had this realization actually, when I was out backpacking one time, it was just like, uh, I was backpacking on the lost coast and there was this just really intense, feeling of of peace and happiness and just kind of this feeling of you know this is where I'm meant to be and that's kind of where I decided that I I needed to change my life somehow to revolve more around the things that I love Mm.
1: that's awesome somebody that took action you know that's uh, that's why athletic brew is here that's why anything's where it is someone took action Um, that's really cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so what so all right speaking of that and this can be fkts too what is the biggest goal you haven't yet achieved
0: oh man well, um, these are some
1: heavy I, hitters
0: yeah i know they're not like i can't answer these quickly um <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest goal and you said this can include FKTs. this
1: can be anything
0: um well actually you know one of my biggest goals right now is to grow my podcast and community kind of build this community surrounding my podcast and start having um, start kind of hosting retreats and um, you know kind of expeditions and um, trips for women and to get more women into the outdoors so I'd love to have you know intro to backpacking clinics and retreats where we kind of focus on women who have maybe been victims of domestic violence and rape um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that I, I want to do with women of the wild. Um, right now it's kind of, it's a podcast and it's a growing community of people, but that's, that's definitely one of my biggest goals.
1: That is awesome. What is your favorite athletic brewing beer?
0: Ooh, um, the golden, golden um, Ale. yeah, yeah, it's It's my go-to just because it's like, it's kind of refreshing and I've, I've, you know, I like IPAs, but I feel like IPAs have a a time and a place and the golden it's like, I can drink that anytime, anywhere. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome.
1: All right. Last question. And it's a, it's, it's probably a doozy too. Um, what does it mean to you to live without compromise?
0: Oh man. To live without compromise. I think To live without compromise is to live 100% 100%, like unabashedly yourself. And I don't know, that might sound kind of, um, you know, self-centered or selfish, but I think that, you know, to, to truly embrace who you are and what you love and to make that the center of your life can make you or help you become sort of the person that you've always that you've always meant to be. And so that's kind of I think that's what living without compromise is.
1: First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to the show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes. Share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun.